This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN in West Palm. And to catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he is Jonathan Hood. I just saw Kyle Wallace, who's one of our new hosts on ESPN Milwaukee, KBN, walked up to me and he knew that we were getting ready for this show in GKW. And he goes, hey, what does this Endeavor thing mean for my stocks? Apparently he had Endeavor stock. He was looking for me for inside wow. information. Kyle, shout out to you as we start the show with the former, uh, the formal merger of UFC and WWE under the Endeavor um, umbrella. TKO is the name of the new company. What do we think are going to be some of the biggest differences we see now that Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon is no longer the majority owner of the WWE? Nothing will change. Bro, it's... Wow, nothing? What about Vince wow. in charge? That's what I was going to say. Well, 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 there's nothing... Well, uh, first of all, now that Vince is back from his spinal surgery or uh-huh. back surgery, whatever it is... He was doing great him. with the hand wave on Tuesday. He's looking great for someone like that's spinal surgery. Front. If he, he could do the Hogan thing, it looks like his back's doing fine in his <laughs> grimace purple jacket he was wearing there. Um, and the mustache. Oh, come on, Vince. Well, no, Gabe. Seriously, nothing's going to change here, and, and um, here's my, well. Here's why nothing's going to change. As far as the WWE and their business is concerned, Vince is back. Vince is already over the shoulder of Triple H. That last Monday Night Raw, they changed everything on the fly. Like right up to Seven Central, they were making all these changes. They they turned the whole show around. The only other thing that I can tell you about WWE business is from the television standpoint. USA, they're they're gonna hold on to the uh, you know hold on to the leg of Vince. Please don't leave USA. Please, if you leave USA, we have nothing. We we've got no yeah, TV. Not, now that Chris Lee's in jail, yeah, yeah. Now that Chris Lee's in jail, they got no they got no original content, right? They got to figure right. something out. No, I mean so that that and so from the television standpoint, SmackDown very likely now is gonna be on a different network. And I'm thinking yes. if I'm Fox. Why would I let that go? It's a winner, but it looks like SmackDown could be on FX or on Disney. And well, that's maybe- a report. They're looking for 300 million plus. Fox is like, no, we're good. Disney or Amazon are in contention there. So, so, and the PLEs might be on Sundays. Uh, good luck with that. I like my football on Sundays. Otherwise, I don't see what the big change is going to be. Like, th- th- I think the most significant thing about the story, bro, it's is it's the first time in our lifetimes that McMahon's not truly running the company. Not Vince Senior, not Vince Junior, not Triple H, not Stephanie. It's not even a McMahon in charge, but it's in, as a person in charge in WWE. Right. We'll put the clip out there. When we had Flair on a few months ago, he laughed at us when we said Vince is going to have a boss. And technically he does now, but here we are. Like, that's the thing. I think Vince in charge is what we're going to see different now with WWE. How, how much is does Dana White have a boss? Because it doesn't really seem like Dana White has a boss with UFC, True. right? But technically he has a boss because he sold UFC to Endeavor. I don't know how many years ago it was at this point, but it's kind of like the same thing. Like, I feel Endeavor is just going to let Vince do whatever he wants because they buy the company and Vince, you just keep making us money. We're just, you know, we'll be the money. We'll supply it. You know what you're doing. You know how to make the money. So they'll just kind of leave Vince alone and... You know, I, I know I saw some of the quotes from Dana White and, you know, one of their, I think the CFO was talking about doing joint events and trying to make every UFC fan, a WWE fan, and Dana White saying it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, that's not the way that works. I'm sure there's some crossover, but 
you know, and, and Nick Khan was on the record saying, yeah, maybe we have weekends where, you know, UFC is one night, WWE is the other, but not even in the same town. Like it, it, it seems like these, even though they're under the same umbrella are going to be operating very similarly. What to, what to, you know, with what we're expecting now, again, the only difference, the biggest thing I'm fearful of as a wrestling fan is that Disney does get involved with this, maybe put, you know, a SmackDown on FX or whatever, but then Disney with the pay-per-view format that they have with UFC is interested in doing something similar with the WWE. And now instead of paying 10 bucks a month or whatever you're paying for Peacock, you end up having to fork over the 60, 50 bucks a month or whatever for PLEs. And then as a wrestling fan, you're going to have to be choosy. You're going to have to, man, do I really want to spend 50 bucks on Fastlane in Indianapolis, right? Like these are decisions you're going to have to make potentially as a pro wrestling fan with these new TV contracts coming up. Yeah, that's fair. And the answer is no, I don't want to spend that money on that event. But like from a <laughs> standpoint, like, Vince being in charge, we saw what that looked like, and we weren't liking it. Triple H was giving us stuff we liked from a wrestling standpoint, and I feel like we're going down that path again where it's like, eh, do I really need to watch three hours on a Monday? Well, I mean, in fairness, Triple H was having trouble filling the three hours on a Monday. It's it's a big big ask for anyone at this point. He was still, I think, sprinkling in more things we enjoyed than Vince did, but you know, it's, it's, it's just Vince is going to be over his shoulder with some of the booking decisions. Like, I'm I, I'm pretty convinced that Chad Gable, at one point I was convinced that Chad Gable would be the one to eventually end the run of Gunther. And then Gunther mm-hmm. can move on to bigger and better things. I'm not convinced of that anymore because the man who once wanted to call him Shorty G. Oh, get it? Hilarious. He's short. Get it? Shorty G. <laughs> like, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that that man is going to allow Chad Gable to be the intercontinental champion. Do you understand why I say nothing's going to change and I threw it over to Broitz? Do you know why I did that? Because nothing's really going to change if Vince is going to have a full say over what Triple H wants to do. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing, too, on a deeper level, guys, with this TKO, is that this is probably one of the last of the Mavericks in which you could say what you want, you can do what you want, and it won't be any repercussions. From the UFC side, you know what's going on there. Even if, Even though, as three of us, we don't talk about it, you know, on our shows or our platforms. I mean, pretty much these fighters are saying whatever they want. They want to use, you know, um, homophobic slurs on these shows. You can say what you want, and ultimately you get rewarded. Right Now, in WWE, if that happens, I'm sure Vince would, you know, look down on that. But is a wrestler fired for that? I don't know. I just think under this TKO, especially with with Dana White, yeah, slap your wife, right, in public, that's fine. Still in, in charge. You want to call somebody a homophobic slur? That's fine. You can use. You want to use the N word? That's fine. Because there's no re- repercussions. Now here's the thing. Now it's under this TKO banner. I don't know how that changes. I I think the biggest difference between UFC and WWE is that WWE has television partners to answer to, mm-hmm. right? Like if you use an ethnic slur, if you use the N word on USA. Yeah. USA is going to have something to say, right? right. And you're going to get in when the mo- when the majority of the money you make comes in from the television networks, you know, that just puts a, a little bit more pressure on you as a company. Whereas UFC doesn't necessarily have that. They're all it's all behind a paywall, it's all be- behind pay-per-view. You know, they have some shows that they put out on YouTube and I know um 
Brian, we've got a teammate down in West Palm mm-hmm. in, in Dean Thomas, who's been involved with, you know, a lot of different television shows over the years with UFC, but those are kind of few and far between. It's not like they're doing weekly episodic, you know, t- you know, tough enough type. I, I can't remember what the name of the, the UFC show is where, you know, they're, they're kind of cycling uh, the ultimate fighter ultimate. ultimate fighter. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, they're not doing that all that often anymore. So it's, it's really more, you know, having to answer to the USA and the Comcasts of the world for, for WWE. It's just still wrong though. As I'm, sure. I'm just saying, like, it's still, it's still a, a party file. And I actually, Vince has used the N word on USA. Right. Yeah. That, that goes around <laughs> social media. I believe it's on sci-fi. <laughs> I, got, I didn't think it was on sci-fi. <laughs> Does that make well, it okay? In Detroit, Booker T. Oh my God. Oh, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's painful. That's what's painful. up, Edward? And just walks away, and it's like nothing, no repercussions. All, all I'm saying is, is that yeah, not not trying to go down that rabbit hole. I'm just saying that <laughs> what you know with Dana White, it's yeah. it's fine, and it shouldn't be fine. But it's just one of these things where Vince and Dana make a lot of money for themselves. They're individual companies. It is ridiculous to think that there's going to be crossover. However, I don't know. When's the last time you guys went to a UFC fight? Did you never. go to one in, in the? You've never been to one. No, Florida. Never, that's, um, that's where the cage fighting is in Florida. Oh no, I we think. have it all the time down the road. Like I've never actually been. Wow. Yeah, I've never been. They they did a show here in Milwaukee. I want to say three or four years ago, pre pandemic. Like UFC did one at Pfizer Forum. I got a couple tickets through the station for a buddy of mine, but I'm like, hey, I, I really don't care to go. You know, and we had. I mean, Anthony Pettis was one of the biggest fighters. That's. That's how I got to know Dean. Like Dean was coming right. up here because uh-huh. the, the the Rufus Academy up here is one of the more famous academies um, in MMA. It's just I, I I haven't dug that deep into it because yeah, it, and again, think- like I feel like the the barrier to be a UFC fan now it's so damn expensive. <laughs> like I I don't want to make that financial investment. Oh, I get right. it. Like I've been in the gyms because of Dean and being on ESPN, being a coach, things like that. But like, did they enter this agreement thinking there would be a massive crossover because? I don't think there is when it comes to the fan bases. Nick no. Khan, you you guys read what Nick Khan said. Mm-hmm. The, the the premise is a Friday night SmackDown, a Saturday night UFC pay per view event, and like a pay per view for WWE, and then mm-hmm. on Sunday it's like, no, your PLEs on Saturday was doing just fine. Thank you. Right. You don't need to have one on Sunday, but they want to have like a TKO thing where like you have UFC fans and wrestling fans all on the same weekend to two major events or three if you add SmackDown. It's like. But okay. I don't think they're I don't think they're necessarily looking to do that in the same town, you know? Like yes, that that was the premise. Yeah. Like I think it might be, we might see it in Tampa in January with the Rumble. I mean, so I guess the, my only point about I, UFC I, my, my dream died, by the way, when I saw that earlier this week. Sorry. We have to wait long, another year. Ballpark. Have, yeah, have to have to wait another year to try to get one at AmFam Field here in Milwaukee. <laughs> I think you'll get it. If if it's in Tampa, I think you're gonna get it. I think that's the case. I, I guess my only point about UFC is I went, I've been to two, mm-hmm. and I was just ultimately I got a credential because I was supporting the ring announcer Ray Flores. That's why I went. <laughs> I was only reason, it wasn't because I was into UFC. I just went, and I just when I was there I was just kind of just noticing people, and I was like, oh, this is where WCW fans went because <laughs> WCW where the big boys play and just like NWO at the UFC event. I go, oh, that's mm-hmm. where they went. So as uh, a crossover, as far as I got a big ass black black you know T-shirt that's old school wrestling because they didn't have UFC merch sure. or they couldn't afford it. But that's the only thing I noticed is like, oh, this is where those disenfranchised wrestling fans went. They went to UFC and never came back. 
I don't know if we'll have a chance to mention it, but shout out to uh, L.A. Knight for, you know, taking a shot at at Big Sexy Kevin Nash during his promo this last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> if I was an idiot, <laughs> I would say, look at this verb. <laughs> or good. look at this adjective. But I'm a smart man, so let's look at this verb. Yes. Oh, it's a, a callback to Nitro. Remember wow. that very well. It's good stuff. Couple of callbacks this week in the world of professional wrestling. I'm sure we'll get into another one as we continue to talk here on GKW. We dive into some of the other top stories in the world of professional wrestling. We like to call it our three counts. Brian, what do we have at number one? All right, a couple returns in women's wrestling this weekend. On Saturday, we saw the return of Jade Cargill in AEW. And then Monday night, it was Nia Jax making her, I guess, full time return to the WWE. Who's a brighter future, Jade Cargill or Nia Jax? Well, I, I lean towards Jade Cargill here because Sean Ross Sapp um, of Fightful was reporting yesterday that the expectation is that Jade Cargill is going to end up in WWE. Now, there's been some pushback on that, and I know he tweeted out today he thinks it's 75% that she ends up in WWE. Either way, both companies want her. Either way, both companies want Jade Cargill. AWWWE. TBS title rematch, Rampage. Pick up your pen. Go ahead. Nia Jax was a free agent there for a while, and I did not see any Nia Jax to AEW rumors out there. No. So I would say that Jade Cargill has a much brighter future than the two of them. We kind of know what Nia Jax's ceiling is. I think Jade was continuing to grow in her reign as the TBS champion for AEW, and whether or not she stays or goes, like, People are going to invest in her and want her to succeed where I don't think that's necessarily the case for Nia. Uh, so it's interesting for Jade because the world is her, her oyster. She could stay with AEW and try to get into movies or television shows through Warner Brothers Discovery, or she can go to WWE. And of course, there's so many people that's been in Hollywood that she could be able to do that. If, if Jade goes to WWE, she, she should start at NXT. She should. Even though, even though, and I know we never do spoilers on this show, we do know that her match that she had on Rampage, it's been said that it's the best match she's ever had in AEW. That says a mm-hmm. lot. If that's her, And I know why she was on there. Her husband, Brandon Phillips, the old Red, uh, mm-hmm. was there, and they think they live in Cincinnati or something like that, but I, or something like that. I just know that they were there. And so they said that Jade wrestled well. See, Brian... You saw Jade Cargill. We've all talked about Jade Cargill. And what I kept saying is, man, where's the next level for her? What's the next Mm -hmm. step? And it's still one-two kick. It's one-two headlock. One-two. It's like you could tell that she's trying to count her steps while she's in there. She's never been polished. She's never been a polished wrestler. It's one of those things where the belt made her. She did not make that title. She did not. Um, And even though she was undefeated, it was kind of the wrong thing. She needed to build up a lot more to be a champion more so than, Hey, she's new and she looks good. Give her the championship counter to that. I, Oh, first of all, I think, and, and I think part of the, the reporting from Sean Ross Sapp was she would just, she would not go to NXT. She Correct. would be on one Straight of the main, main rosters. Roster. I, I, don't w- I don't think that's right. I don't think that, I think that she needs a little bit more seasoning before well, she comes to Raw and SmackDown. If she so, did that. So this is what I ask. Would it be better for her if she was on the main roster? Because they're still doing house shows in WWE. And her getting more reps on some of those house shows, which do not exist in AEW, maybe that's the better move for her because she needs those reps. I just want Broitz to go down to the coconut little run. I don't know why he hasn't gone to all those NXT shows and a little coconut run. They they all they wrestle all around you. 
Yeah. Those little small te- those little small towns, right? In the area where Jade's from. She's from Vero Beach. That's a lot of times they run out there. But like, why are we acting like wrestling matters that much in WWE? Like Jade would work perfect over there. She has room to grow. She'll get better. But what she is right now is serviceable in the ring. That works in the WWE. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. She would be so the one person that continue to push and we push that we as a show have pushed back on is Raquel Rodriguez. Like you haven't much like with Austin Theory, you haven't given me any actual reason to care about Raquel. She just she's a smiling baby face who comes out and flexes. Okay, right. Like Jade has that charisma and that it factor Uh where I think she's boom. I mean, I I think she probably plays better as a heel than a baby face just because. I guess we haven't seen her much as a baby face in AEW, but man, she's got that it factor where she comes to WWE. Like I'm putting her ahead of whoever Raquel is in terms of the pecking order on the women's side. You put her ahead of Nia. We Nia can't really work. Like Jade's better than her. <laughs> Nia can't work. She gave you a bonsai drop without holding the top rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she. I mean, I, I noticed that. I was like, that's dangerous. Yes. That's what she was known as when before last time we saw her. Dangerous in the ring, right? I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't get that with Jade. Well, because she's soft. It's a soft style. I mean, it is a soft style. I just listen. I would, I would tell you guys that women's wrestling in the WWE has come a long way. Oh, hundred percent. It is not pillow fighting and lingerie anymore. I think that the roster, when you take a look at it on the surface, moving away Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, I give you a person like Shotzi. She's improved tremendously, Uh right? It's, and I know that it's WWE. It's not about work rate, but you got to be able to work some. You got to be able to do. So. I just think, I just think that she's been good, and maybe it's be, maybe I feel this way is because of her AEW run, who she took on these three and five minute matches. Sure. Didn't see anything much new, uh, but she did the honors, and I think if you lose on Rampage, that means that she's leaving. If you lose clean, right, that usually means that's all. Yeah, and that makes sense, and that's the thing. Like if she stays in AEW, I'm excited to see what they do with her that isn't around that title. But I don't know if we're gonna get to see that now. Yeah, it's it's very, if if she's leaving, isn't this just the whole thing very strange? You come back and and maybe it's just as simple as yeah, we live in Cincinnati. I'll swing by. So she shows up <laughs> and wrestles one match on Rampage, right? And then she's deuces. I'm out of here. Like, yeah. how does it's, how does that make any sense? It's the end of her contract. She's done. That would, I mean, first of all, creative couldn't find anything for her after all that run. She's been away for a while. Right. Oh, yeah. your contract's up, but we're not going to renew you. We're going to cut you like Sunny Kiss, and uh, which is another crazy story, Gabe, because because <laughs> Brian and I saw Sunny Kiss yeah. in the lobby in Chicago <laughs> and didn't realize, oh, you don't have a job and you're sticking around. That's great. You should notice that. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a big ups. Yeah, it, when it comes to Jade, like it just yeah, I think we all agree she's got a brighter future no matter where she goes. Like sure. we, we, like can you imagine in, in another title run for Nia Jax? No, because that's if that's the ceiling. Start, yes, that's the ceiling for Jade. Jade's ceiling is whether it's AEW, whether it's WWE, is women's world title in either company. With with Nia, who we know is WWE, like do we see her? I mean, Being the Vince, women's world so champion. Yes, I could see Vince doing something like that. 
Jade, though, is so raw. Like, she's learning in front of her eyes. Like, that Shaq match was her first ever match. God, that was so long ago. But that saying there's so much room for her to grow. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's why that's why I wonder if, if AEW is not the place for her. Sure. Just because they had the idea they're gonna do some house shows. They were excited about the house shows. They and even then then they still had the the YouTube shows. So you right. had shows where you could at least wrestle and get reps, but that's all gone by the wayside when they added collision. So now all the only wrestling you have, I, I guess you could do ROH. But you can't send her down to ROH at this point when she's been such a fixture on AEW television. You know, you've you've already made her start to grow. So I, I wonder if WWE is just the best place for her where she can continue to develop and grow as a professional wrestler in ring. Yeah. I suppose so. And if she's trying to get to Hollywood, that's a great spot to go. You know, yeah. I mean I mean it just it's it's kind of like with Cody. Sometimes you just have to finish up, man. Just like, hey, I was a champion. I'm not like that champion. It's time for me to move on. It happens all the time. I, I, with Nia Jax, though, the whole thing is like, I didn't think she was going to come back at all. It was a surprise. So I guess with Nia Jax and the signing, that tells us one thing, is that they're open for business again. They, well, WWE, according to SRS, she yeah. showed up at the Rumble, and she's been signed, and they just weren't doing anything with her the last few months. Well, mm. I think she signed a month ago. I thought I saw. Oh, okay. Oh. And they were waiting for that. So, like the, does she get in? Is this building towards something of Bloodline versus um, uh, Judgment, Day. Judgment Day? And now this is Nia Jax gets to be the female version for the Bloodline to kind of counteract what Rhea Ripley is for Judgment Day. I love that. That's good stuff, Gabe. That's good shit. That's good shit. That's good stuff. That's, I mean, it, it, that's that's the only thing that I think can think of that would elevate Naya to again, if because if you're bloodline, now you're main event. Like right. you're if you are associated with the biggest thing WWE has going, and her by herself, I don't see it. But if she gets involved with the bloodline, that that could make a little bit more sense for me. Bloodline's still a thing. Is that still on the air? Um. I mean, they they did the thing with Jimmy and, yeah, and the wise man backstage, and then Jimmy wrestled in the main event against uh, AJ Styles, and the solo came out and turned his back on Jimmy, even though <laughs> Jimmy's not out unless you say you're out. But then and there's so helped in, him earlier in the night. In in, <laughs> I don't know, man. We need Roman. We need Roman back, but apparently he's not in any of the advertising for Survivor Series. So who knows? He's not in the advertising for the Rumble. So I can't wait for the lower third here on this YouTube, youtube.com, Good Karma Wrestling. What's going to happen is Bryant's going to put on there, should we put an asterisk uh, next to the Roman Reigns era? Because if you're not going to defend and not even show up on TV, then you're not really the world champion. I don't know what this is. It's like this crowning achievement nonsense. Like, this, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, it's off to the other there. That was so quick. <laughs> it's so, it's so, he, he had so it in quick. his back pocket all Yeah, ready to go. It if you're just listening to the podcast and not, well, first of all, you should be watching us on YouTube as well. Uh, but, but Brian just put Roman era overweighted, overrated question mark. My God. Yourselves. 
He had it in a folder. He had yeah. it ready. He was ready to go, man. Like he he's been he's been waiting for us to organically bring it up so he can pounce. <laughs> Brian, the floor is yours. You put it you up. You guys there. brought it up. Yours. I don't want to get in your way. You guys brought it up. Go for it. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have time to talk about this at another time. But I'm just glad, happy to know it's in a a random folder. Just in case we want to talk Stay about ready. Roman era. Very good. <laughs> Uh, Brian, what do we got at number two this week? All right, AEW, Brian Danielson on Saturday says he promised his daughter he would start finishing up his career when she turned seven in May. He said he's looking at summer to close up shop, but also says retirement is a fluid concept. He looks at Terry Funk in that department. Who do you want to see Brian Danielson wrestle before he retires? So I'm I'm just curious. Does he... Because he kind of clarified, he's done some interviews, made some comments ever since the promo that he cut Saturday night on Collision. Obviously, he has dream matches he wants to check off. Kind of mentioned, hey, maybe I'm just a part-timer. Maybe I show up once a year. Maybe I show up at some different shows. Who knows what he does? I guess my biggest concern, and I've got a list of people that I, I want to see Brian wrestle before he starts to retire. But my bigger question is if Brian Danielson retires and is no longer traveling week to week with AEW, are we concerned about AEW? Because he presumably has been the one person that has gotten the ear and has been that one person that's been leaned on by Tony Khan. So even if he's, because he's talked about in, in some of these interviews, like he's realized, like after all these big matches, hey, my body's telling me something. Because after all these big matches, I keep getting hurt. So maybe I need to start slowing down. Does that mean he still gets involved behind the scenes and travels and, and is involved with that, or is he going to step away completely? I don't know. And I guess while I do value Brian Danielson, the professional wrestler, because he puts on great matches, like smoking mirrors with a strap match. It made my top three matches after all out. But I guess I'm more concerned about the viability of AEW if he's not around because he's been such a positive influence. I would say that he would have like a Shawn Michaels type of situation. Like Shawn still can be with the church and still with his family, even though he's running NXT. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. Yeah. He goes back to San Antonio. After he's doing NXT, he's got like three, four, five days spent with his family. I can see that for Brian Danielson. I can see And Brian said post all out that like Saturdays work better for his schedule because, you know, everyone's assuming yeah. he's the new collider guy. So he yeah. said that works better for him. I, I can see him still being with AEW, and that is needed for Tony. As I told you guys early when we started the show, I kept hearing that Tony Khan was just doing things on his own and without talking to people. And he had all of these people, and he still got all these people he could talk to for advice in the back. But I'm glad like guys like Jimmy Jacobs and also Brian Danielson is there to help Tony. Like, Tony, you could do all this matchmaking, but you got to slow down. You got to tell some stories. And I give Danielson and Jimmy Jacobs a lot of credit for just like, well, we're seeing with Roderick Strong. That's one of the right. that's one of the most entertaining things they got on that show, right? Adam, it's the greatest <laughs> thing. But Tony would have just had, all right, Roderick, you take on this person, you take on this person. Right. They're like, no, tell a story, slow down a little bit. So Danielson comes in handy for that, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Brian even said at All Out that the Jimmy Jacobs traveling with Tony was a Brian idea because he traveled with Tony for a little bit. He's like, I can't do this. Like, why don't you use Jimmy Jacobs? And now he has someone helping him out there. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, if he's just going to go on this tour of here's a bunch of guys I want to wrestle, we benefit as wrestling fans. Like, we're getting October 1st, him or Zach Sabre Jr. There is a long list of guys he can work over the next year or so, and I hope we get to see stuff like that. This, so this who's will, number, who's number one on your list? 
Well, Gabe, this will surpass Wembley, by the way. He's going to wrestle another Wembley. He's going to be at Wembley. I think that'll be it. Do you think Wembley would be the last show? Yes. Okay. And top of my list is him at Wembley against Osprey. Yeah, I mean, Osprey's Osprey's number one on my list. (laughs) Like, Brian Danielson versus Osprey. Like, it's the greatest of one generation versus the greatest of another. And mine is Omega. Yeah. We, I mean, we've seen him do Omega. They did the 30-minute draw, I think, relatively early um, in in Brian Danielson's time uh-huh. in AEW because uh, Omega was still the champ at that time. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would love to see another Omega match. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that many out of New Japan that I want to see anymore. I mean, no. you're, not going, you're not taking down WWE talent, so I think that we can all be right. It can, Zack Sabre Jr. is a dream match for mm-hmm. him. Omega is a dream match. Osprey Brov is going to be a dream match as well. Um, so, I mean, there's about five. Do you have more on that list beside those three? Oh yeah, I've yeah. I've got um, Vikingo. I'd love to see Brian Danielson versus okay. Vikingo. Oh my god, sixty minutes, please. <laughs> what I'm oh. saying, like, oh. sign me up. Oh man. <laughs> uh, sign me up for that. Sign me up for Brian Danielson versus Samoa Joe. Like, I think that. The match would be brutal. Um, the match would be tough. But I think that those two could tell a really meaningful story within AEW. I think they could tell one of the better stories we've seen in AEW's um, short tenure as a company. I think the two of those together could really make some magic in AEW. And not only Danielson's last, it wouldn't be his last match, but this would be his last match. Come on out, Nigel. Uh-huh. He's, he's been waiting. That's he's been on my list. Of, he's been talking a lot of stuff. So Nigel McGuinness... His last match, I think it would be one because he's got to go back to his magic show. Um, so <laughs> it would be it would be Nigel McGinnis against Brian Danielson, <sighs> and I think that would be Nigel's last match. And and Nigel was a physical effing. Uh-huh. That's why he's sitting there next to Kevin Kelly because of all the beatings that he took. He wrestled like I mean a strong, strong style when he was a wrestler. Crazy. That's why I kept somebody like Darby Allen off my list. Because I'm fearful if Brian Danielson does a big match with Darby and Darby does one of his suicide dives on the outside to Brian, like I just, I, I don't need to yeah. see that. I don't need to see that. I, I, I want, I want to put together a list that I think is achievable for Brian Danielson. Because again, as he mentioned, he's been injured after a lot of the big matches he's had in his time at AEW. Others on my list, Jay White. I think as they continue to elevate Ooh. him, Claudio. I think those two on a different non-WWE stage could be fun. Mm. What about Nick Wayne as sort of a, like, hey, go out on top, but let the young guy go over and get a moment? You know, <laughs> hold on a second now. Don't let the young guy get over now. Nick Wayne's in the He's in there Brian's going to lose every one of these matches this year. No, he's he's going to go 0-20. He's not that. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, what do you mean? He's I'm not part saying. of FTR. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's not losing every match. He There's wants no, to, I'm sure. I understand that, but they're not. <laughs> no, because there's no rematch. I can't let him just leave losing matches. That's not right. Hey, you you and I were in attendance for a match in which Ricky Starks should have defeated Brian Daniels. Yes. You know about this last week? Because uh-huh. it, it is, guys, it's the greatest strap match I've ever seen. And that's not hyperbole. And I've seen them all. I think I've seen at least the ones that were available on TV or right. on on you know YouTube. I mean, we seen some physical ones, but that's the greatest I've ever seen. The way it was done. Um, but 
you know, even in that scenario, we thought that Ricky Stark should have won and Danielson went over. I'm sure it was suggested. I'm sure Danielson said, let this young guy get over. No, we really need you to, to win. Okay. Well, and but because because he's Brian Danielson, like Ricky Stark still came out of that match looking like a star. Right. Even yes. though he didn't go over. He didn't get over, but then was bitching about sitting and catering on collision. Like, <laughs> like I get it. Like at some point, yes, he did get himself over, but now what's next? Mm-hmm. And hopefully that match happens where you know, he loses against Danielson, but that really helps Ricky Starks along the way to a title. Hopefully yeah. that'll be the case. The other one, I don't know if I'm allowed to throw this one out there, but um, Punk. Punk who? Uh, Phil. <laughs> Pepsi Phil. <Yeah>. Phil. <laughs> 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 one time. Can you trust him? One time. Well, Danielson can trust him. Like Danielson yeah. still likes him, but like, I, where are they wrestling? Like, they're going to wrestle after Brian Danielson's contract expires, and he just starts popping up at different Tony places. He's not going to say no if Brian asks. No, that's not happening. No, he no, he can't. Right. It, it, no, that could be one of his last matches. I just don't know where. Some indie well, shot. Yeah, exactly. Well, because he he said that like he he's probably yeah. gonna show up at like some different indie shows every now and then. Like, don't even advertise it. I just show up and like there you could do a CM Punk versus Brian Danielson somewhere on the indies. There's I'm a in. there's a great opportunity. This is a long a long form conversation for another time. But just briefly, since you brought that up, Gabe, there's an opportunity led by Matt Cardona to do the same thing that Cody and the Young Bucks did. There's still some free agents out there. If you want to have a super indie card, you can make money off of it. Get your nice medium-sized building and just, hey, here we are. Who who wouldn't want to see that? I don't know if the names and the draws are the same right now, though. Punk? Cardona? That would help. But, and again, it depends upon AOP. because they, they use New Japan guys, obviously. <laughs> AOP. <laughs> Jesus. They're great in the Indies. It worked out well. <laughs> Janetti. Um, G- Janetti. No. He can hardly move. We saw it. <laughs> yes. I'm just telling I, you. I mean, if, if you could use some, because again, for the original All In, they use some New Japan guys, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you can kind of borrow from New Japan and, and grab a couple of guys here and there, I think you could probably put together a pretty good card. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they used the NWA with the World Heavyweight Championship because they did Cody versus Nick Aldis. EC3 is fine for me. That's it, a new day for me in the NWA. Good job by him. I've always been an EC3 fan. Yeah. Thank God he retired that <sighs> clown. Whew. Like, I. It's all right. It, it's I, a new day. We can have Well, it no, I, I just, I, I never want to hear anybody online bitch about how women hit the ropes after watching <laughs> what what Tyrus did in whatever you want to call that. Cause I don't want to call it a match. I feel that's insulting to every other professional wrestler. <laughs> I understand. I, I saw it too. I'm just glad he's out of the business. Yeah. I mean, it's right. It's a new day. We can, now we can invite broads of NWA calls. Come on in. It, it's, it's safe now. Come on in. <laughs> I don't feel like we're going to lose downloads. If we put EC three on, I think it'll be fine. Rick- Rick Flair was a better worker at this point than Tyrus. <laughs> sir, it's time to get up, sir. Time to finish. <laughs> sir, wake up. Sir, time to get up, sir. By the way, none of these people are making the list of people we want to see Brian Danielson right. wrestle. 
Um, don't know how we got off on that tangent, how we got distracted there. Uh, do you, anybody else have any other lists? Anybody else on the list? Anybody we did not bring up? I think we covered it. I think very yeah. well. I think these are the the some of these guys are are veterans or young wrestlers that I think that Danielson would want to take on and have fun with in the ring. Yeah. What do we got at number three, Brian? All right, we in six days it'll be AEW Grand Slam from Arthur Ashe Stadium. What'll be the biggest story to come out of Grand Slam? All right, right now six matches announced for the card. We have MJF versus Joe for the World Championship, Soraya versus Tony Storm for the Women's Championship, Jericho versus Guevara, Claudio versus Eddie Kingston in a title versus title match, Mox taking on Ray Phoenix for the international title, and then last night we're getting uh, the addition of Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus Sting and Darby Allin. What I'm hoping for to be the biggest story out of here I'm ready for Joe to win, guys. I want Joe to win. I want Joe to choke out MJF. I want him to take everything from MJF. Give me Samoa Joe, AEW world champion. Okay. So what does that mean? Since you put laid that out there, Joe wins on TV uh, in picture in picture. Uh, he wins the championship. Okay. What does that mean afterwards? Now how do you book MJF? Now what happens? Right. What does it mean for Cole? So I think think we have – I think you have an angle where Roddy Strong interferes, so it's not going to be a clean win over MJF. You get Strong interfering, costing MJF, and then you can start to see – sow some seeds of doubt of uh, Adam Cole siding with Roddy Strong over MJF. You can get more of a real MJF versus Adam Cole feud going. Um, cause I, and, and good for AEW for keeping this thing going for longer. And they seemingly have a new t-shirt that they're selling every single week, um, for better than you, baby, but I, for life. yeah, I think you can build because again, I'm, I'm, we're very unsure of the contract status of MJF at this point. So I think you've got two chances to take it off of him. It's either here or it's, f- or full gear in Los Angeles. Like these are your two opportunities, unless I guess you want to do it at Winter is Coming, if they do that in December this year. No. But I think these are the two opportunities to take it off of MJF. And if you, because if if he has the championship on New Year's Eve, okay, then then I know what they're doing. I, okay, MJF sticking around. But if he isn't, that opens up mystery. Is he going to be here in the bidding war of twenty twenty four? Whether or not he's sticking around, if, if he's sticking around AEW, you can have fun and tell that story and, and do some things where he's away. Is he going to be back? Is he not going to be back? You can have fun telling that story. But I think they have to get the belt off of MJF soon in order to do the bidding war of 24 story. Okay. There's going to be a time where uh, there's going to be on the lower third here where Brian Rhodes is going to write MJF as champion has this been a farce yes or no something like that right yeah because how often have we seen mjf in the in the first match as a tag team or as a singles i we i mean think about it when you put the champion first and there's been times where he deserved to be first game then are you really the champion it it has that ray mysterio vibe when he was champion or chris benoit vibe where it's like yeah you're the champion but you're really not the guy is mjf really the guy in AEW, is he really? Uh, yes. Yeah, I wasn't confident. No, yeah, it's, it's not. Like I'm trying to think of how many shows he even main evented as champion. 
Well, think about the uh, Forbidden Door. That was the first match, and I I, I call that uh-huh. one. I go, yeah, yeah. he's with, he's with an old, a New Japan veteran. Yeah. Like that's get him out of there. Okay, we were in Chicago tag team. He's there. He's in the first match. Now I'm he not saying in Wembley. Yep, which which counts huge for sure. Yeah. But but it was not in anger. It was just kind of like extending a story more so than oh my god, this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Right. So I mean, look, I'm I'm with Gabe. If Samoa Joe wins the championship, I'm totally fine with that. But I'm just trying to figure out what MJF does after that, besides being Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Right. Uh, So because now you're elevating Roderick Strong into the main event status, like, hey, MJF's no longer the champion, and Roderick Strong did this to MJF. And so now is the major storyline Roderick Strong and his love for Adam Cole? Is that, I mean, is that where we are in this company, really, after all this time? No, and and I think they sort of told you that last night in the fact that Roddy didn't win that match. Like, it was an easy story. The title is cold. Yeah. The world title Mm -hmm. is cold. You know who could eat it up? You know who could eat it up real quick? Samoa Joe. Samoa (laughs) Joe. (laughs) Joe is going to kill you. Yeah. Joe will defend that thing every damn week and just start choking fools out. I am here for it. I love the idea of Joe as world champion, but me for too. me, it might be wishful thinking, but I think the biggest story is a different world title. The ROH world title, Eddie Kingston. It's his time. Eddie world champion next week. No, maybe. Uh, it's fine. It, it's fine. I just thought that the promo was a little cheeky. Like if they, if there's real heat, I just didn't yeah. like the, the, the promo. Like, you know, I, I thought that, um, that Kingston did a good job. Claudio kind of walked away, and it's like if yeah. there's real heat, it's, it'd be more than that. And I just thought it was a little bit, a little overacting, and I'm not used to that with Kingston. Right. I had that written down too as my second favorite match on this card. I think him as a world champion in New York, like that will be a moment Wednesday. Well, depending upon how much of New York shows up to see it. Good point. <laughs> but I will get one free if you act now. <laughs> yeah, that's not a. That's not an old. Uh, or new concept. WWE's has done that as well. That's the, one of the the uh, Phil Brooks promos, if you remember, talking about talking to MJF. You want to go to the WWE or go over there with the buy one get one free deal? Do you remember that promo? Mm-hmm. I remember. It. Like it's when you're struggling, you got to do that. We all talk about that in news and notes, but I mean, you know, it'll still be a fine crowd, and it's going and, and I think it'll be work. It just two hours, six matches, um, and really, what I think is six good matches. Someone's going to be rushed. That's probably Soraya and Tony Storm. Uh, I'm hoping for Cage and Luchasaurus and Sting and Darby because, again, Sting doesn't need to be out there, especially like I feel in the most of the big matches he's had, he's been, as odd as it sounds, like hidden almost, or they've been able to protect him by doing, you know, almost no rules and brawls and, you know, where he does these crazy spots outside of the ring. I think you might be able to rush that one a little bit. Because I really want to see Soraya and Tony Storm. The the character work Tony has done over the last few weeks fantastic and she just continues to improve it like i i 100 want to see it um and i hope that they get a good amount of time <laughs> what tony storm is doing has been tremendous like this so 19 1950s damsel in distress act movie actor <laughs> washed out movie actress has uh, been fantastic that's what i'm ta- this is what we've been talking about with this company right just give me something where it's like Okay, I look forward to this. I look yeah. forward to this. I, I I got great matches. I'm gonna get great uh-huh. matches. All the shows have good matches. 
but I get character development. That's what you want. I'm not like, saying that the company doesn't have to be like WWE. I'm not asking for that, but just give me something besides, hey, here's a three and four star match. And, okay, and not look forward to. And not saying she needed to do an interview last night, but like you almost wish she did. Like you missed it. You missed the interaction with her backstage, right? Like again, but it leaves you wanting more. Like ah. Oh. I would have really appreciated a Renee interview there, you know, where she ends up again. We know how how it ends. She's throwing her shoe at Renee. That's just the way it works. But it, I really wish we had gotten that last night. I'm good that we didn't because I'm hoping that we get a pre-match interview backstage with Tony Storm and Renee Paquette next week in New York. Or maybe it happens on Collision. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you just want her to say tits up on TV. That's uh-huh. what you want. Well, again, like <laughs> Brian and I talked about that last week. I didn't realize you could say that on, t- on TV. <laughs> I didn't either. It's uh, a woman. You don't, you don't hear up, very often. Tits out and watch for the shoe. <laughs> you don't hear that very often. I was surprised. No. I was like, oh, no. that's, that's why it caught me off guard. It's one, of, <laughs> it's one of George Carlin's seven words you couldn't say on TV. So it caught me by surprise. Hmm. <sighs> Uh, no, but, yeah, again, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in on Joe. I'm, I'm ready for the Samoa Joe World Championship era. I, Samoa Joe, and, and I said this last week, when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, like he is what I picture when I think of pro wrestler. Like he is dangerous. He cuts a tremendous promo. Like him popping back out to choke out Adam Cole last night and just yelling in the camera everything and the like the crazy look in his eyes as he's doing it it's just uh it's just so good i wish wwe would have done more with him i was ready for a samoa joe world championship run in wwe never happened i am ready for it in aew please tk give it to me because he's he's going to be wildly entertaining as the world champion and can bring prestige back to the aew world championship if that happens bro it's it would seem to me that that would be the beginning of the end for mjf in the company, it's, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, so if you take the title off of him, it, he's already a babyface. Is right. Samoa Joe a heel? Not really. That's, no. that's something else with this company too. You got a lot of cool heels in this company, right? All right, like this whole thing, the, the cool heel thing, the 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 guns have gotten the rub off of uh, off of Bullet Club Bullet Gold. Gold. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that, now they're cool heel. I noticed that Saturday. I'm like. Why are they getting cheers in Cleveland? Like, uh, <laughs> they're cool heels now. Uh-huh. Now that's the cool thing because now fans are imitating them now. I saw this in Chicago where there's four people and, and someone had a, an iPhone and they kept going around them. And, and <laughs> someone played the, the role of Juice Robinson. Somebody was <laughs> like with the gun kids. It's just like, okay. So they're cool heels now. And so Samoa Joe is like that too. Who's booing Samoa Joe? No. no. He, they were cheering as he choked out Adam Cole last right. night. <laughs> Like Adam Cole is with with MJF is as over of a baby face as they have, and people were going crazy. Yeah, choke him out, Joe. <laughs> Joe's gonna kill you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I I'm all for it. I just but I'm just concerned about what that does to MJF. I'm concerned about like he just fall fall back into the roster until his contract's up. Like, I mean, it feels like that. He's well, not, can't you continue the story you're still telling with Adam Cole by just taking the championship off of him? But not in the main event picture. Have they? I mean, how much of the main event picture have they been in? I mean, they just they right. they they do fun like vignettes, and again, you have the ROH titles that maybe you can defend at, you know, I don't know, whatever next their next pay per view <laughs> is. Who knows? Um, See, this has been wrong, guys, because we'll, let's go back to Austin and Rock or Austin and Mick Foley. 
while Austin was still the champion. You could do these fun vignettes and you know stranger strange tag team things, but you got to keep the champion hot at the same time. Right. They haven't done that. It's still like it's like you know Austin um Adam Cole as well as MJF have been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But the champion has not been on television and hot and having these great matches. He hasn't been. I mean, I, I, you're right. Like, all out or rather all in was fantastic. Great match. But those have been few and far in between. He's had like a Roman run with this championship. But it was always going to be a Roman run for him. Like, the best he was going to do, he wasn't going to put on great TV matches. Like, well, that's yeah. just not the way that they use M because that's not the way they've right, ever a, yeah. used MJF. Like, he could still come out and be relevant and cut great promos, but they decided to prioritize. And again, like, it's hard to blame them for this, but they prioritized. They prioritized the TV ratings. They prioritized selling T-shirts over the world championship. Because obviously they're making a ton of money off these guys. I don't know. It's it's just they they stumbled into it while MJF was the world champion. Whereas in your example of using Mankind and The Rock for the Rock and Sock connection, like neither of them were the world champion at the time. You know, somebody else was world champion so you could have fun with it. Whereas they stumbled into this and like, oh... All right, but we got to keep rolling with it, I guess. Like, if if I had to, if 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 I had to sit down and talk to Tony Khan or Brian Dan or whoever backstage off the record, my guess is they would tell us, "Yeah, we didn't think that this would last this long between these two. You're telling me that Austin, either with Austin Rock or Austin Mankind, that nobody had the world championship in those. In those I don't tapings? think. I don't think that The Rock or Mankind were world champion at the time of the Rock and Sock connection. I think they obviously won the tag team championships, but I do not believe they were world champion at the time. Okay. Just look, by the way, this year, five title defenses, two of them were pay-per-view main events. All in and the Iron Man against Bryant. The reason why I like Gabe's idea, and I'm glad you brought that up, of Samoa Joe is because now AEW has someone that you must see. Mm Mm-hmm. With MJF, like I'm, I want to hear the promos, and I'd like to see him wrestle, but it doesn't happen very often. Where Joe is this big bout machine, and could you imagine we can come up with ten matches of Samoa Joe versus someone, just like we just did for yeah, for, uh, for Danielson? Oh my God! Like you, you, you would want to see Samoa Joe against uh, Kenny Omega? I would. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and the great part about Joe is he can cut a great promo, but he also like cuts promos as he's wrestling. He's just <laughs> yelling at the guys, you know, yeah. like he's just. He's he's a great entertainer, and I'm I'm that's what I'm hoping for. I am hoping for Samoa Joe, world champion, to be the biggest story coming out of uh, Grand Slam on uh, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Brian, what do we have this week in news and notes? All right, we were talking about All In at Wembley Stadium, and guys, we're still talking about ticket sales. Thanks to a Freedom of Information request, it was revealed the turnstile number as the actual ticketed fans for All In at Wembley. 72,265. AEW reported 81,035. So again, they were doing some, you know, two for one ticket sales or whatever. So I believe that's the number of tickets they sold. Um, But obviously some people either didn't show up or some scalpers bought some tickets that they couldn't sell, which has now made, you know, somebody like Will Ospreay not very happy since he (laughs) tattooed the attendance number that was announced, which really is on him. Uh Uh-huh. Because you work in professional wrestling, you should kind of know that none of those numbers they ever announce are really all that accurate. And his mom um, doesn't like tattoos, bruv. 
So. Yes. Yes, I did see that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so sleepy, bruv. I'm having no sleep. And look at this tattoo, bruv. <laughs> okay. This is a long conversation. Oh, by the way, speaking of tattoos, what's more embarrassing, that tattoo or uh, Dak Prescott having to be put under for 11 hours for the tattoos on his legs? You heard about this, right? He yeah, was I did under. not hear about this. Yeah. So for 11 hours, he was put under. Uh, for Damn. a tattoo he had put on. I think it was a moose that was put on his leg. An actual moose. Sure. No, the tattoo of a moose that was on his leg. Yeah. Be, sure. I mean, I mean, if you're gonna get a tattoo, I guess you're supposed to stay awake for it. Take the pain, Dak. <laughs> Take it. He didn't do that. Nonetheless. Okay. So when it comes to these tickets, I'm glad you brought this up. So as I as we talked about before, guys, I, I didn't I don't care how many people they had in the in London. I, I we didn't care as a show, I did not care. And, and because we were wondering, could they get 40,000, 50,000, 60,000? I said, man, in, in that crazy UK, in that in that particular city of London, they love wrestling. They'll fill it up. And they filled it up. I don't care how many people they had there. You know, my bigger concern, and we don't talk ratings here, and I thank God, because all the other shows do, because they're so concerned about ratings on Saturday night. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? They're going to go in the mud. What's more concerning is, is the attendance numbers here in America. Mm-hmm. Like that. So I don't understand the business plan of, hey, let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers Stadium and just retrofit it for 3,000 people on a Saturday night. I always thought like this. I don't know about you two, but the best bands or uh, the best music I've seen has been in small clubs or it does, does, you, know, you have a good band, it's in a small place. You can get the acoustics. It's great when it's in a small place. The bigger places is where you got to pay for, you know, 30 bucks for beer and parking and all this and go to Pfizer Forum, go to where the Heat play, you know, go to the United Center. And it's like, oh, man, and, I mean, it's a great band, but I'm amongst 20,000 people. Right. AW should adopt that philosophy of saying, let's go to the small arena. Why do we have to keep going to big arenas? Because you're not proving anything. You you keep drawing in Cincinnati. Uh, you know the great John Moxley could not draw more than three thirty five hundred people in Cincinnati on Wednesday. I just think smaller is better, and you just keep moving your and get bigger. The crowds are getting smaller in AEW, and I think that that's that's problematic for them. Are they hitting up towns too often? Like they have, it feels like they haven't expanded and hit some because there's still some areas they need to hit to, and, and hit for the first time. Like I know when they went through Texas for the first time, maybe even hit up some more places on the West Coast. The, especially with two shows now, I, I just think of it from the WWE model, not and, and taking the arena out of it. But WWE comes to my city, Milwaukee, twice a year. One one time it's going to be a Raw or SmackDown, which we have one coming up in October of SmackDown. And then my guess is they're going to be here in the spring and it's going to be a house show. You know, and they, you know, the, they, they're hoping to get a lot of tickets for the SmackDown for the house show. They sell what they sell. And the last time they did a house show on the road to WrestleMania, like I was surprised with the number of people that were there. But it seems like they're relying on, again, they hit Chicago, it seems like three or four times a year. They rely on going to Cincinnati a couple of times a year because that's where Mox is from. Are they hitting these places too often, which is why now, okay, I guess they're back. I guess I got to spend the tickets. And it, are, are they coming back too soon to some of these towns? And that's why some of the numbers end up suffering when they hit some of these towns. I mean, I guess that's fair. But I think to the small arena point, like that adds to the fun of AEW. So being down here in Florida, when they ran UM's basketball arena, 
college stadium, you're on campus, but you're right on top of it. It was a small arena. It was fun. This past year at the Florida Panthers arena, there's a lot of empty seats. It doesn't feel the same. I get what they're trying to do from a business model, but like, I don't know. Are you shooting yourself in the foot trying to go so big so often right now? Using using the Milwaukee example again. So we have the UWM Panther Arena, which is the old Mecca. Um, my and we favorite. Have Fiserv- yeah. It's oh, my it's, favorite arena up there. And we have Pfizer Forum. And WWE hits Pfizer because that's where they go. And usually when WWE is here, they, they, they tarp off the upper level. Like yeah. nobody's, you know, we're not getting enough people to get the upper deck, but the lower bowl fills up. And AEW runs the WM Panther Arena, which is, you know, you can probably sit, I don't know, with, with the floor seats and all that, maybe six to 7,000 people. Um, but w, AEW has no business going to Pfizer Forum right now. Right. Like they should stay in the UWM Panther Arena because otherwise it's going to feel too empty if they go to some of these bigger arenas, which is probably what's happening. Part of the fun of AEW is selling out these pe- these smaller places and having a ravenous crowd. Right, like you start you you can feel that when you're in the smaller place and you go there as a fan and it feels full, like the energy levels up. Whereas, you know, when you show up to a wrestling show and you go, oh, it's kind of empty. Like it just even if the crowd is really good, like you start with that, you know, you're you're just oh, you know, your your attitude just isn't where it needs to be. I think if you keep running these smaller arenas, selling them out, you'll have those ravenous crowds that you can sense on television. Yeah, that that's my concert comp. I was trying to make to you guys. It's it's better in the smaller venue than going to the big venue. What is AEW? When it first started, it was this cool, young, hip kind of thing. Kind of like WCW when Eric Bischoff took it, took it over, right? We're going to be on a beach, and we're going to be at Club La Vila, <laughs> and we're going to be in small. But it was, at least it was cool venues, right? But you, you're trying to out-WWE yourself by saying, well, Vince goes here, so we got to go here. Well, you know, it's not like Vince is setting the world on fire either on these shows, right? It's not because we can look at WrestleTix and see that WWE house shows – you know, seven, eight thousand people, which is a good crowd, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, when you're drawing, and it's not about the ratings, guys. It's about attendance. When you're drawing, when it's Moxley's town, and you can't draw more than five thousand people. I know it's Wednesday, but damn it, man! Like it, it's shrinking. That's my concern. A smaller venue. When they go to Milwaukee, that Panther Arena, I love going up there because it's because it's not so huge. They can still draw seven, eight thousand people. When they go come to Miami, they should be in the James L. Knight Center. They should not be in Sunrise. Correct. But when WWE <laughs> right? comes to town, random Joe who doesn't really watch wrestling recognizes that name. Like, oh, WWE, I can go watch wrestling. You don't get that same brand recognition with AEW yet. Yeah. Yes, in our community, but the average person is like, I don't know what that is. Is that a band? Like, what is that? Like, I'm not just going to give my money to that. You see WWE is like, oh, I want to go watch that this weekend. And, like, they still have that leg up. Which is why it's just a better reason for them to stay in the smaller right. arenas until you uh-huh. get that name recognition. Yeah, yep. Being cool and hip at a wrestling and trying to do something different WWE, you have to do that. Different than. Different than. And so small arena means... Uh, doing something different, like it's okay. Well, we keep selling this place out, so we got to expand. And you're right; they are going to new cities. I sent you guys. Somehow, <laughs> I got credentials for <laughs> Rosenberg, Texas. I don't even know where that is. I'm a, I'm a geography minor. I don't even you know. Where find out. <laughs> you got a few weeks. <laughs> like, how did you? I did not ask for credentials for Rosenberg. <laughs> and you saw that, like you've been approved for Rosenberg. Like, what? <laughs> like, I don't even know where that is. 
<laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to get the reports of Rampage and Dynamite from that Wednesday night that you end up in Texas, Jay Hood. You know how I felt in the cracks there. Like I've, it's in October. Like I'm not going there. Where is that? Yeah, I don't even not know. With, yeah, you're not going there with that attitude. No, <laughs> no. I just, I just don't know. I, I'm saving my, I'm saving my wrestling fandom for Bound for Glory. Uh, go, go ahead. In the Houston metropolitan area, according to Wikipedia. In, in the Houston area. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's new. That's different. Yeah. yeah, which is good. They should be hitting some of those new towns instead of relying on some of the ones that have drawn for them in the past. Elsewhere, PW Insider reporting Edge no longer listed internally on either the Raw or SmackDown roster. They say they're being told he's on the miscellaneous talent roster right now. It's up to Adam Copeland. If he wants to be in WWE, I'm sure he'll be there. If he wants to go to AEW, which was there an homage to it last night? Maybe because when Christian Cage came out to make his promo Mm -hmm. about not having his regular tag team partner um, against Sting and Darby, how many other people went, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. When he was, he actually was talking about Luchasaurus. So that's what we end up getting next week. Um, I mean, I doubt we get an Adam Copeland appearance because I believe his contract still does, even though his matches have been fulfilled, the contract itself runs through the end of the month. So I doubt we get an Adam Copeland signing, uh, sighting, excuse me, um, at, at AEW, but who knows? It, it seemed like he at least there was an homage to it last night from Christian. As long as they keep Edge special, if he wants to go to AEW, that's fine. They should use him the way Sting's being used in AEW. Yeah, I don't need to see Edge out there every week. I don't. I don't need. But if he comes there, so I don't see Edge turning heel. I see Edge being a babyface because that's what he's been as of late, turning on his uh, his buddy Christian, and so they have their little battles. And Edge could have a few special matches. And by the way, we could add Edge versus Danielson. Yeah, to a list that we could see in the, in the calendar year, we'll see. But I'm, you know, you know, guys, you know how big an Edge fan I am. He doesn't have to wrestle one more time for me. He's done so much. But if this is what he wants to do to end his career, fine. As long as he's kept special, I'm fine with it. Finally, news and notes: PWI releasing their top ten of 2023. Coming at number ten, Cody Rhodes. Number nine, Josh Alexander. Number eight, Orange Cassidy. Number seven, Okada. Number six, MJF. Number five, Vikingo. Number four, Gunther. Three, Moxley. Two, Roman Reigns. And number one, Seth frickin' Rollins. When we started this podcast, hell, when AEW started, (laughs) did you ever think that there would be a PWI list in which Orange Cassidy was ahead of Kenny Omega? (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. (laughs) No. Like, good for him. Good for Uh him for being in the top ten. Like, I'm pumped for Orange Cassidy for being in that list of top 10. He certainly earns it. He certainly deserved it for everything he's done over the last year. I, I think it's cool um, that the Shield occupies the top yeah. three spots. That's the most successful faction of all time, right? Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's not. You know, it's not the most successful of all time, but in the modern era, they they are. Because, because we got... I mean, what's going on with Roman Reigns? That's success. That's a what almost four year run. Yeah, but well, that's I mean, all three of them have been number one on this list um, of PWI at some point in their careers. Now they've all been world champions. You know, Mox obviously in WWE and AEW at this point. Like, who's who's been more successful than them? 
so the so the Usos and Roman Reigns don't count because they haven't been world champions. Correct. The Usos, they haven't been singles champions. You're saying correct. Correct. Like as a faction, yes, they've told long stories. I'm just because usually, and and you're the one who makes the point of this when factions or tag teams break up. One guy's got to be Shawn Michaels. The other has to be Marty Jannetty. And that's just typically the way these things work. And that's not what the way it worked for the Shield. Like when they broke up, all three of them ended up being three of the biggest stars of their own era. Like, which I just don't think is, is something that's really ever happened in professional wrestling. Mox was never, it was Mox WWE champion. Yeah, because they all three of them held the WWE Championship in the same night at Money in the Bank. Box won Money in the Bank. The main event was Rollins versus Reigns. Uh, Reigns beat Rollins, and then Mox cashed in. So we had, uh, at a Money in the Bank, all three uh, members of the Shield held the WWE Championship in one night. Wow. And then they did it. Then, then they did the triple threat, and that's when they did the first-time brand split, which really doesn't really mean much. Okay. Yeah, I stopped watching wrestling then when Moxley was champion. I forgot. <laughs> I actually just forgot. <laughs> I forgot that Dean Ambrose was actually yeah, WWE yeah. champion at that point. Yeah. Now, I guess from that standpoint, you are correct. Because I'm thinking, you know, I've got factions, a whole list in my head. And I'm just like, Freebirds, no. They would never put the title on Buddy Roberts. Uh, the Four Horsemen, no, like Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, were not World Heavyweight Champion. Because that was Rick. Barry Windham was not interested in being champion for the Horsemen. You know, there's so many of these factions I'm thinking of, like all the Bobby Heenan family. You know, like Andre. Yeah, I and guess. I, I guess. Yeah, to clarify, it's more about when the factions split up. Just because, yeah. like, again, not as a faction. Obviously, they had a lot of success. Like they had yeah. uh, U.S. Championship, Tag Team Championships. They were involved in a lot of great storylines. But I'm just saying, after they broke up, for all three to be world champions, that's pretty special. That's pretty strong. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. A little surprised that Seth is number one, though. I'm not saying he Romans doesn't deserve too. it. Not saying that he doesn't deserve it, but like he's he's their orange ca- he's their orange Cassidy. Yeah. He's out there all the week, every week, wrestling. He's on all the house shows. Like he deserves it. I mean, it can't be Roman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so right, but should Roman even be that high? Yeah, just based on this year. In the, I mean, again, it's it's cooled down in the last month, but yeah. I would say the run from Survivor Series with it being War Games up until, you know, SummerSlam, pretty strong. Right. Like it's again, it's recency where he hasn't been around, but the the run between Rumble or excuse me between Survivor Series and SummerSlam was pretty damn good. This man hates Roman Reigns. Yeah, I understand. I'm just saying, well, over yeah. it. No, he, he just right. doesn't believe doesn't believe in the Roman Empire. Right. <laughs> he he hates this whole run. My God, he would have hated. <laughs> it's up again. <laughs> he he would have hated San Martino in a seventh. Oh, yeah. oh my God. This Enough Bruno this guy. Time. Can somebody finally beat this Bruno yeah. guy? My God, somebody beat Bruno for God's sakes. Thank God for Backlund. <laughs> Bob Backlund. He would have been into Howdy Doody. He would have loved Howdy Doody as a champion. Oh, While everyone else was booing Backlund in New York, he would have been he would have been rooting for Backlund. God Almighty, Vince Vince Senior was a dope. He was. You guys, dummy. What'd you guys have for match of the week? Okay, so uh, a number of them. Um, so 
I thought that uh, Samoa Joe against Roderick Strong was very good. On uh, that was on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, last night. I thought, I thought that Judgment Day and Owens and Uso was very it was solid. On Monday Night Raw, that was the opener. I thought that uh, also Becky Lynch against Tiffany Stratton on uh, NXT, very good. <laughs> and he runs away because he actually I decided to that. watch NXT. I did not watch. It got me. I, I did not it. watch. I, I assumed it was going to be good. I assumed the we were going to get the outcome that we were going to get. Um, but I did not tune in on Tuesday. Night. A lot of people did that overrun over a million. And so I think total was seven fifty, eight hundred, eight fifty. Told you guys, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> they beat Dynamite. No, nope, Dynamite eight eighty eight. Dynamite did beat them just barely. But it, but it, but I tell you what, there's been a lot of seven hundreds in there. Uh, oh yes, yeah, <laughs> so there it is. Uh, so. The only reason why I watched Gabe is because I was interested in seeing what I was interested in Tiffany Stratton. Sure. Like, okay. Let me see what I mean. She looks great, but mm-hmm. can she go? She was fantastic. Bro, uh-huh. as you can tell, you can attest to that, right? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen her before this match. Like actually wrestle, but the hype around social, it got me. It lived up to expectations. Like that was a fun match on Tuesday. Now, I don't know what this means for Becky Lynch. She's going to take on a lot of NXT talent and lose eventually like uh, how would you do that to the man I don't yeah get- I, i'm confused i mean but the thing is like she goes down there i guess unless you did a dq finish but that would mm. once you decided to put the man on nxt she had to go over right like, I, I just surprised I, I'm, yeah. I was surprised that match was booked in there i just wanted to see how if tiffany stratton go i never saw a wrestler before and i, I was like wow this thing's a banger but it's becky lynch Right, you could. You, I mean, she could wrestle a broomstick, and yeah, it right. was it was good. And then it just reminded me: this is why I don't watch NXT. Booker T again, horrible. Oh, you have to watch it on mute. That's step <laughs> one to watching NXT. Oh, shucky, shucky. Oh, Nick. Oh, okay. That's why I don't watch on Tuesdays. There we go. I agree. Another <laughs> match you didn't mention: Joe versus Penta from Saturday, mainly just oh, for the so table good. spot. Of Jerry walking good. out of the way oh, and going through the table. <laughs> well, so Darby versus Roddy also good from Saturday. Right. If Very probably good. just for the one for the spot right. where Roddy spikes him uh, back first on the top turnbuckle, and then Darby just like tumbles off, <laughs> like goes down, hits the apron, ends up on the floor. Like Darby, what are we doing, buddy? Yeah, man. Oh man, physical oh, matches, physical. Um. Hangman versus Brian Cage, I thought was pretty good last night. Like again, Brian Cage. Brian Cage is the most underrated wrestler on that roster, right? He's uh, Cer- certainly the most underutilized. Brother, that's a long list on that company. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you right. That was like a fourth. I didn't mention it. So it's fourth in my list. That's one of the best Brian Cage matches I've seen. And it's like, why is he losing? When you look at him. Does he not look like part of a, a half of a tag team champion? I mean, he's he's bigger than Animal and Hawk, <laughs> and he wrestles like a cruiserweight. I'm like, yeah. how's this guy losing every night? How's Big Bill losing every night? Like, how's this happen? Like, I, uh, Big Bill goes in there with a smile, knowing like, hey guys, hey, I'm as big as Kevin Nash, but I lose every match. Like, <laughs> oh my god, like how do these guys this big lose matches so easily? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. I thought I thought Brian Cage was fantastic last night. I yeah, thought he was, he was. Yeah. Also, shout out to the MJF uh, Scott Steiner promo. I think Renee added to that a lot as well. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> the M- 
I, you know what? I think that was one take. Me too. I think that was one take. I think he already had it in his head, and it was a tremendous callback. And people remember that promo. Uh-huh. Like Scott Steiner, like this is what's fun so about TNA. Everybody was actually watching TNA because they know that Scott Steiner <laughs> promo. It's funny. No, T- LOL, TNA. No, people remember that Scott Steiner I, promo. And I think one thousand tonight on Access. I think I think <laughs> I think MJF actually executed it better. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Because he was able to like rattle off and stay with it, where Steiner got lost in the sauce. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what Steiner was doing. Like he just he just started throwing numbers out there, and he just got lost. <laughs> like Steiner just he had a map. Someone at one point lost the map and just started throwing out numbers. <laughs> so then you take the thirty three percent and you subtract the twenty five percent. Like, yeah, it's so, so good, so good. Just just that, that's the stuff that you love. Uh huh. Moments like that. You, you give me your three and four star classics, but you got moments like that. People will remember that because that stuff goes viral. Absolutely. And yeah, it was a great callback because again, well, because how many people do you think remember that the the promo was against Samoa Joe? Like people certainly remember the Steiner promo. Yes. But do, do people remember that it was a promo on Joe, which is why MJF brought it back last night? I'll say I didn't until you just brought it up. I didn't realize that. (laughs) Like I just enjoyed the promo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was a promo on current DNA champion. Even better. (laughs) Just, but it's just brilliant. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, once again, just showing his brilliance. Not a surprise. Mm -hmm. No, not a surprise at all. We do have Grand Slam next week to talk about. We'll see what week one brings under the new umbrella for WWE. One thing's for certain. We'll talk about it all next week right here on GKW.